Shakti Shakeup contains adult subject matter and strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Shakti Shakeup, a goddess-inspired podcast where two everyday goddesses, Shane and Olivia, talk about Shakti, shakes, and all things femme. Hey, Olivia. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Got... That's it. End of show. All right. Sweet. <laughs> Nobody needs to know more. Yep, we're yeah. done. Yeah. No, I am good this week. I have a lot of exciting things happening. I am starting a new job and moving into a new place and finding lots of settling and stability and excitement in life. And yeah, looking forward to things. That's wonderful. Yeah. Also, getting back in touch with spirit. Kind of, kind of lost my vision there for a little bit, but... I'm taking myself back to the spiritual boot camp, as Jen Sincero yes. would say. Jen Sincero. Yeah. I yeah. love her. Did lots of praying <laughs> and meditating today and yesterday and shadow work because these eclipses are fucking with the sister. So lots of... Uh, I'm out of touch with what's happening in the sky. Yeah. I am very, I'm very in touch with what's happening in the sky, and I'm recognizing that I have a lot of work that still needs to be done. So... Which leads us very well into our topic today, which is self-care for the mind. Yes. So yeah. we're actually going to be doing a three-part series, right? Yeah. Yeah. We are. So I'm excited for this. We're going to do mind, body, and spirit. Yes. Self-care for the mind, body, and spirit. Yes. And what that means, because I think that we were realizing that oftentimes there's this like frou-frou-y like... Just take just a bath. Take like, a bath and do your nails and everything will be great. Yeah, just smile through the pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just keep smiling. Yeah. So um, so we wanted to address, of course, like taking baths and getting your nails done are not self-care things. Yeah. Like they're, You should do that yeah, if that's you like nice. doing those things. But uh, there's a lot more to it. So we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that and what that means and what that looks like because it looks different for many different people mm-hmm. and there's a dark side of it too. So... There's, so yeah, as with everything that we talk about, there's all dark sides. So yeah, Yeah, that's the beauty of working with Shakti is it's shadow and light. Yes, absolutely. So, but before we get to our topic, well, our our topic this week is going to be the self-care of the mind. Mm -hmm. Then next week it'll be self-care of the body. Then self-care of the spirit. Yes. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Before we get to that, what is, who is our goddess? Our goddess is Yamaya. Yamaya. Yes. She is, uh, she originated in Africa. She is one of the original Orishas, which are from the Yoruba tribe in Nigeria. So many new words that I've yeah. never heard of before. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt called this uh, for this episode to do an African goddess, and I just was researching, and she was the one that really came to me uh, strongly. So that's who we're using. We're going to talk about her, her this week. And, and Shane yeah. was our Shaktista. I'm the Shaktista. She's week. a Shaktista. Yeah. And she made our Shakti Shake Cup drink. Yes. And our Shakti Shake. And it is so freaking good. And it is keeping us cool on mm-hmm. this million degree day yeah. in Columbus. So it's really hot today. It's like, it feels like over 100 degrees today. Probably is. <laughs> Probably is. Yeah. Shane. 
I want I want to know how you made this because it is fucking delicious. Yes. So I got really in touch with Yamaya as soon as I started researching her and I found an article that said that her offerings were coconut cakes and watermelon and white flowers and molasses and I use those ingredients to come up with this shake because yeah, I'm I'm just feeling really in touch with this goddess, really in tune with this goddess. And I feel wonderful. like she just worked through me to make this. So what we did was we took like a baby watermelon. I We cut it all up, threw it in a blender with some coconut water, mm. blended that all together. And while all that was blending and resting, I made caramel with brown sugar. The reason we use brown sugar is because it's sugar and molasses. So that covers the molasses part of her offerings. So I made caramel on the stove with brown sugar and molasses, or you could just use molasses and sugar if you wanted, and um, toasted some coconut also on the stove over low heat, just some coconut flakes. Then I took the glasses, and I dipped the glasses in the caramel sauce, and then I dipped them in the toasted coconut, and to I- To rim it. Yeah, I rimmed it all with that. Yeah. yeah. I was going to do something fancy and like drizzle the brown sugar on the inside of it's the glass and all fuck. that. It's still fancy as fuck. It's really to fancy. To be clear, it's fancy as fuck. It's very fancy. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to like rim the glass with the brown sugar. That didn't quite work. So instead, I rimmed it and uh, poured the watermelon in there with some ice. So you can make it like a slushy and put some ice in the blender or just, you know, add some ice cubes and pour the watermelon over that. Mm. And then to garnish, we threw in some white flowers because those are another one of her offerings. And uh, yeah, but we, oh, we had the pearl sugar candies. Yes. And pearl is another one of her offerings. So she's also associated with pearls. So we use the pearl sugar candies to go in there. But I actually have to say, before I did all of this, what I did was I took a chunk of watermelon, a white flower, some of the coconut, and some water because she is an ocean goddess. And I made an offering to her with those ingredients That's and a wonderful. prayer. So uh, I think that is actually something that I would recommend moving forward. When I did it, I felt really good, and I'd recommend it to other people to put your goddess's ingredients and make an offering to her and just say thank you and um, ask for whatever you're needing in that moment. So oh, I love that. Yeah, that was the first thing I did. Probably the most important thing, honestly. What did you do with the offering? So with the offering, when I was done with it, I returned it to the earth. So I just, I literally just like poured it out of the glass into the flower beds outside. Okay. So it's always good to do that. Oh, not that's to, what you were doing. Yeah. Okay. Not to like put it in the trash because you don't right? want to just like throw away your offering. So returning it to the earth is always a good way to honor the mother. Like, here you go. I'm going to put this in the dumpster. Yeah. yeah. Here's your offering. It's trash now. Bye. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That seems not, not right. Yeah. So that's. It's so good. Yeah. So I love it. That's our shake. I'm really proud of myself. I'm really proud of this shake. And it I'm is, proud of you. It's so fucking good. It's refreshing as fuck on this hot day. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, mama. Yeah. So, should I talk about our goddess? Yeah, I want to hear about her. Okay. What is... Tell me her name again. Yamaya. Yamaya. Yeah. So Yamaya. She goes by a lot of different names and a lot of different spellings of Yamaya. The spelling I'm using is Y-E-M-A-Y-A. But okay. there's a ton of different names that she goes by. So like I said, she started in Nigeria. She's an Orisha, which is uh, the, the gods of the Yoruba region of Nigeria. So it's kind of like, you know, Greek gods, but in Nigeria. Is is Yoruba a place or is that No, a it's a group of people. Oh, it's a group of people. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, then like a, I, I believe it's like a group of people, but I think it's also a river region. Oh, Okay. 
So, and she started in the river mm -hmm. and then, you know, went to the ocean. I really, I think her story is amazing. So she is in this belief system, the mother of all. So she's the mother of ocean and the, the of the ocean. She comes from the ocean and how she is the mother of all is if you think of this theory of evolution and how we all evolved like from like amoebas and water and then became fish and then came mm -hmm. on land and everything else. Like she's the mother of that process because wow. she's like the mother of the ocean. And so she's literally the mother of like everything that came from the ocean. I wonder if Darwin knew about ocean. her. I mean, probably not. No. He's, I, I doubt he talked to. Probably not. Many African-Americans <laughs> or Africans or anything. You know, maybe he did, but probably not. Uh, she also, so she, you know, I said she started like rivers and lakes and stuff and then the ocean. And another way that she became associated so much with the ocean is that during the slave trade, when slaves were being transported over, they would carry her with her to like the new places. So she's worshipped in Africa and she's also worshipped in the Caribbean islands, mm -hmm. Cuba and Brazil and those places. She's really a primary figure in Santeria. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would love to know more about that. Yeah. And so her and Mother Mary are kind of intertwined in Santeria. Really? Yeah, the Virgin Mary, because it's Catholicism and, you know, and... Like voodoo, kind of? I mean, um, it's not voodoo, but it's, it's not like... voodoo, but yeah, it's like the religious practices that they brought with them. Yeah. And adapted. And so you had to... They had to adapt these practices because they'd get persecuted and killed if they didn't. So they found a way to hybrid everything together so that they could still have their original ceremonial mm. practices alongside with the Catholic Church. But ways that she and Mother Mary go together, when I say Mother Mary, I mean the Virgin Mary, go together is they're both dressed in blue and white. Oh. So her colors are blue and white for the ocean. Mother Mary is, you know, <sighs> This is a white. second really good example of, like, we should have known the dress code and we should have worn blue and white today. I know. Well, and <laughs> it's not too late. If you're listening, go change your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> go go pa pause make a make a watermelon shakti shake oh wait mm -hmm. what are we calling this we didn't even put a name to the shakti holy shake. shit we didn't name the shakti shake fuck <laughs> wow we're behind on our game yamaya's mm. watermelon surprise <laughs> watermelon splash yeah yeah yamaya's watermelon splash perfect that's our shakti shake i love it we Yam planned that we totally planned it <laughs> it's absolutely yamaya's watermelon splash <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Back to the Mother Mary and Yamaya. So another way that they are combined is Mother Mary gave birth to the Holy Son, Jesus, and Yamaya gave birth to all things. Mother Mary's birth is Mother Mary is the mother of the Holy Son. So she gave birth to the Holy Son. Yamaya gave birth to all creation. So these are ways that they're kind of linked together and seen as like the same. Hmm, not trying to like compare the two, but yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> she is given credit with giving um, with mothering the first male and female, like of the species. Oh wow! Too. Yeah, so like so it goes back to like roots of like Adam and Eve. Yeah, like yeah, kind of thing. Interesting. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah, there was just like I said before, a lot of syncretization between the two to avoid persecution by the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And that was that was how like Santeria evolved or came about. Um, let me see. What are my other notes? 
The only thing I've ever known about with Santeria is like the song, like first the song is like, I don't practice oh, Santeria. Yeah. <laughs> Sublime. I don't have no crystal ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't really know much about Santeria either. It seems. And what I've learned in like Law and Order episodes, because sometimes there's like a Law and Order episode and mm. then there's like, there's been a sacrifice, <laughs> like a human sacrifice. And like, oh, that's it's they're practicing Santeria in the area. And like, so I think Santeria has been like really demonized, like in oh, Western yeah. culture. Absolutely. So, um. But that's, like, literally all I know about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know anything about it so much. I mean, I, I know a little I bit. I Googled a little bit, like, um, when I was, when I when it yeah. comes up, I try to learn about it and stuff. But yeah. I don't remember a whole lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about it myself at all, really. But it's definitely something I'm interested in learning more about. Tell us about it, listeners. Yeah, please email us at shaktishakeup at gmail.com <laughs> with your favorite articles on Santeria. Yes. Please send us emails. We want to hear from you. Please, please, please. <laughs> we're saying that now, and then someday we're going to be like, oh, fuck. No. Like, <laughs> I, send me there's all so the many. <laughs> yeah. And that day is when I hire an assistant and I'm living my dream. So please send us emails. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, yeah. So she was brought over during the slave trade. Slaves in the holding ships would be praying to her. They're on the ocean, they're on the mother being carried. So she oh, would fuck. offer her comfort to them in whatever ways that she could and um yeah like the quote again like with her being the ocean is all life comes from her nourishing waters which i just love that quote i've got some other fun facts about her she's associated with the numbers seven and ten seven for the seven seas oh wow yeah so i thought that was pretty cool blue and white are her colors also Pearls and silver are attributed to her, can be offerings to her. This is one of my favorite things. The conch shell Mm -hmm. is what she left us so that we can always hear her voice. Oh, my God. I just got chills. Yeah. So whenever you hold a conch shell up to your ear, you're hearing the goddess Yamaya. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's a moon goddess. Go figure. Shocker. Yeah. (laughs) Shocker that you would really be resonating with a moon goddess. I know, right? (laughs) It's not like I'm a moon goddess myself or anything. (laughs) Right. And uh, so sometimes she's also depicted as a mermaid. So, uh, I mean, that makes sense with her being in the Mm -hmm. ocean. Even the moon, you know, the aspects of the ocean and the tides. She's either a mermaid or, you know, in long flowing, you know, robes into the waves of the ocean. She's a very nurturing and caring goddess, but I also saw things, too, that said, you know, if you cross her, it's not good for you. Right. She can be very destructive. And if you think of the elements of the ocean, yeah, some days you go out and it's just a beautiful, calm, serene day and there's nothing. And then, you know, then there's also tidal waves that will literally destroy countries. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, don't cross her. I mean, as with any goddess that we ever talk about, you always want to use the utmost reverence and respect Mm -hmm. that you can because... You know, she'll work for you if, if you want it and if you need it. and But you can't abuse that. No. Yeah. Fuck your shit up. Yeah. And I've got a couple stories about her. One of the things that they say is that she and Olakun, which is another Orisha that resides at the bottom of the sea. So she, in this story, she kind of resides on the top of the sea where all the light shines. And then there's Olokan, which is the bottom of the sea, where it's dark and there's no light. Well, Olokan inspires respect and fear for the powers of destruction that can be released from the depths of the ocean. And um, in The Secrets of the Sea, which is a book by Gloria Rolanda, 
she tells of a time that Olakun was feeling unappreciated and decided to punish mankind. At his orders, immense waves began to invade the land, and the ocean swelled up, darkened, infinite, and people who lived the furthest from the coast saw, terrified on the horizons, a water, like a, a water, like a mountainous water coming towards them. Water mountain. Water mountain. <laughs> Shit. Sounds like a sci-fi movie. But Yamaya was able to calm the fury of Olakun just in time, and the wave settled onto the shore. So she saved the people oh, from beautiful. the Stark Force. And when she did that, it left mounds of coral and pearls when the rata receded. Nice. I'm sorry, I can't stop thinking about Water Mountain and like Sharknado 14. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this is this story. Uh, it's not an origin story for her because she is the origin, but it. I will put it with a trigger warning of rape and incest. Oh shit. Yamaya and Agonyu, her husband, had a son together. They named him Orangan. As a teenager, Orangan rebelled against his father and brutally raped his mother. Fuck, that is some Oedipus shit. I mean, like, Oedipus was not yeah. like this story, but it was, that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. When he tried to rape her again, she fled to a nearby mountaintop where she cursed her son until he died. And in sorrow, she chose to take her own life and she threw herself off the mountain. This is Yamaya? This is Yamaya. Oh my God. Threw girl. herself off the mountain. But what it says is like when she landed, she died and it gave birth to 14 powerful Orisha. So like she landed and her waters broke. And that's what caused the great flood and inundated the world and created the seven seas. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. But one of the things that I just thought of too is like out of this really tragic experience the seven seas were born and it just reminds me that even in life like that's how it is like sometimes you're just going through fucking hell but you never know because at the end of it like something really great could come of it you could create the seven seas you could create the seven seas yeah you you have that power within you holy shit yeah so that's where the seven seas came from another reason the number of seven is associated with her and then also the first male and female Arose from the bones, her bones, Shit. after she jumped off the off the mountain. That's our lady. Oh my god! Wow, she's amazing. She's pretty awesome. If you want to do any work with her, uh, the things that I read was to go to nearby water sources. Uh, one I read a ritual where you could use like, you know, watermelon rinds and light candles and make offerings and just whatever you do if you're doing it in a natural water source take your trash with you so some of the rituals i saw was like hey light some candles put them in a watermelon rind and send it on its very way down the river but then you're just putting things that are not naturally a part of that river into that river so respect nature (laughs) yeah find a way to take the wax and the watermelon with you it's still the power of the ritual is still there even if the river doesn't carry it away yeah so what does she what are her like specific elements that can like help like um kind of like how Lakshmi is like a success and money and yeah so she is the goddess of home fertility love and family like water she represents both change and constancy bringing forth life protecting it and changing it as necessary so this would be like a good goddess to work with um, for, like, trying to get pregnant and stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. trying to get pregnant. And then um, from this article that I'm 
taking a lot of information from. It says, Yamaya reminds us that even the worst catastrophes can be endured and that with her help, we can learn to negotiate the ebbs and flows of change in our lives with her wisdom, courage, and grace. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So she's she's really good for family, fertility, and those things, but she's also really good for transformation and change and navigating those things. So <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Using her to help get you through these hard times and flow with it. Yeah. Instead of, you know, sometimes the hardest part of change isn't the change itself. It's our resistance to it. Yeah. And so she can help you. Yeah. Get through that. Yeah. Tell me about, tell me about our everyday goddess. I'm really excited to hear about her. Our everyday goddess is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm. And her fans call her AOC. Okay. I like <laughs> it. I like it. So she is a congresswoman. Okay. In the United States. And she is actually, like, the youngest. Mm -hmm. She became a congresswoman when she was, like, 28. I remember there being a bunch of buzz about that when she got elected. Yeah, because she actually beat out this guy who was, like, a um, a 10-time incumbent. Oh, wow. So she beat him. That's awesome. She's from the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Like, she was was born in the Bronx. She lived there for the first five years of her life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then her mom moved, or her parents moved them to a kind of more like suburban sub- suburban yeah. suburban yeah. <laughs> area up north um in still in New York so she's a lifetime New Yorker she's the first congresswoman who or a person in congress who is from the Bronx Oh cool she was born in 1989 so I like that cuz I was born yeah. in 1989 Nice <laughs> nice and I'm older than her by like six months i mean you could practically <laughs> be her mother and i'm just like how is that even like fucking possible she's yeah. so fucking young yeah so she is also so she's also been noted for her substantial social media presence relative mm-hmm. to her other f- fellow members of congress and i think that's probably because like she's a millennial yeah so she grew so, up using it and knowing how to use it yeah and so just some of the stuff so her platform and what she ran on she advocates a progressive platform. She's a part of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, she in, it includes Medicare for All, a federal jobs guarantee, a proposed Green New Deal, mm. abolishing the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, so completely abolishing ICE. She wants to completely get rid of Good. it. Good. I'm for that. And a uh, free public college and trade school. And... Yep. She wants to do a 70% marginal tax rate for incomes above $10 million. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need all that shit. <laughs> so that's how she wants to fund everything that she stands on, do. that stands yeah. on her platform. So she, I like that, though, because even if it's yeah. not 70%, start high. You can always negotiate lower. Right. She's got bargaining tactics down. I'm yeah. digging it. Yeah. So, uh, so she also majored in international relations and economics. Mm-hmm. Awesome. At Boston University. She's smart as fuck. Yeah. She graduated cum laude. Oh, my God. In 2011. <laughs> Highly intelligent woman here. Yeah. She was also, though, she was a waitress and a bartender, like, yeah. literally a year before she became a congresswoman. <laughs> wow. Wow. Her mom is Puerto Rican. Her mom busted her ass to, like, take care, to, like, Get basically her. to not have their house foreclosed on at a certain yeah. point. And that's part of the reason why she was working. She was working, like, 18-hour days, um, Alexandria was, Uh in order to help her mom, like, pay for her house to, like, have it not be repossessed or foreclosed on. I have to say, like, just to hear, like, immigrant stories and how hard 
they work and especially the work that is put forth to take care of their parents and their ancestors, like the generation before them, because they recognize the work that went into giving them the opportunity. Like the children recognize the work that went into giving them the opportunity to have a yeah. successful, abundant life. Yeah. is so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, I just got chills. So, so she, she had a really big, political career before she even became a congresswoman not mm-hmm. big but she like she interned for ted kennedy mm. and she also works for bernie sanders on his campaign so it was like a noteworthy yeah career like career path yes she actually so a tweet to just go into like her reasoning for um abolishing ice so ice is a criminal justice issue she tweeted After a long history of sexual assault and uninvestigated ICE custody deaths, it's time to reset course. Absolutely. And that was just um, a recent tweet in March. She actually visited the immigrant, she actually visited the immigrant detention centers. I'm having trouble talking. Is there booze in this? There's not. No, there's not. (laughs) (laughs) One cool thing that Alexandria did was she visited the immigrant detention centers, which I think is kind of fucking profound compared to like what you normally hear about oh, with yeah. like congress people a and lot politicians of people being like being like this is that or there's even people who are like armchair activist kind of people who are yeah. just like yeah this is awful this is horrible mm-hmm. she actually fucking went there and met the people there there's youtube yeah. videos there's several youtube videos that she took when she was down there um ice agents saying that like she can't do certain things mm-hmm. and she's like um I'm a fucking member of Congress, and no, like, I'm not going to put my phone away. This is the free fucking country, and I'm not putting my phone away. Yeah. And it was just, like, yeah, she's, so she's trying to expose all of the horrible, horrible shit, the conditions that are happening right now, which is, like, so crucial to where we are in our political climate. Absolutely. Um, well, and it's really important, too, because she very much is being the change that she wants to see. She wants to yeah. see a different type of congressperson, and she's being the type of congressperson that she wants to see. Yeah. That she probably wanted to see her whole life and never did because they don't show up. Yeah. And she, well, so she went to these detention centers, got to speak to some of the women who have been separated from their families, from their children. Mm-hmm. And they actually are being forced to drink out of the toilets. Because yeah. they're not given clean water. That's horrible. So they have to drink out of toilets in order to, like, even survive. There's one woman who she talked to who was just terrified that she was going to have a seizure because she was epileptic and not given the proper medical care. Oh, and not given her her epilepsy medication. Yeah. So, she's, so this woman's, like, terrified and, like... When I read, too, that there was one woman who was, like, terrified of speaking with her because she knew that there would be punishments coming, but that she just had to find a way to talk to her. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so that's fucked up. Courage and bravery on a scale that I cannot even imagine. And this is women. This is the strength of women to be in this situation, in that situation, and still find that courage and bravery to stand up for yourself and your family and fight for your life is just fucking, I can't even imagine it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't even begin to fathom, especially like, and I'm not a I'm not a mom yet, but like to just even fathom somebody like somebody trying to take away my child from me. Oh God, I don't even have my child yet, and I'm already at a point where I'm like, if that happened, I would 
I just I can't imagine the level of murder that I would want to <laughs> right. do to just get my child back. So she testified about how horrible these conditions were to before uh, the House Oversight Committee, and she said what's what was really horrible here, especially, was the fact that there were American flags hanging all over these facilities, that children being separated from their parents in front of the American flag, Yeah, that women were being called these names under an American flag. We cannot allow for this. Yep. Absolutely. <sighs> that can't be what our country stands for. That can't be what freedom means. So, a fun fact about her. Yeah. She loves Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. That is a fun fact about her. So she um, she said that her parents used to let her stay up late and um, watch the, like, I can't remember which one it was. Oh, Voyager. Okay. Star Trek Voyager that has, like, Captain Janeway. Who, yeah. Who also, Orange by the way, was in Orange is the New Black. <laughs> because we keep coming back to that show. <laughs> well, first it was, like, Game of Thrones. Now it's an Orange is the yeah. New Black show. Yeah. I'd much rather be Orange is the New Black with its all-female cast, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So uh, she also, a really cool thing is that she, so I said her mom's Puerto Rican. She, uh, so she continued, so she has not forgotten about Puerto Rico and the, okay. the hurricane that yeah. happened and everything. Yeah. And, like, she continues to call for federal government to do, to do more to help the island rebuild after Hurricane Maria. Mm-hmm. She wants the U.S. to adopt a Marshall Plan for Puerto Rico that would allow it to not quote not only recover from Hurricane Maria but thrive with modern infrastructure and okay. renewable energy systems, which she's like all about. Oh, renewable yeah. energy, definitely. So, when a place like that where they're susceptible to tropical storms all the time, renewable energy is key. Yeah. So she's doing just like a ton of cool shit. She's she's so young and yeah. she's so cool to follow because she also is like known for her like her clapbacks on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like if people say something really shitty, she's like she is so up for a fight. She is so <laughs> up for like fighting the double standard and yeah. saying like hey, this person literally pulled a fucking, I can't remember who it was, but he like pulled out a snowball snowball out of his pocket and was like, this is why climate change isn't real or something. He was trying to like make some sort of stupid comment. Oh my God. So, but like the news, the media didn't really cover that, even though the guy was like a total dick. Yeah. And um, trying to refute climate change because he had a snowball or some shit. (laughs) And she was like, and she went on The Daily Show and she got a ton of like shit because- she said something like the federal or the um, the military budget has increased to like, I think it was, I'm not reading my notes now at this point, so I'm just from memory. So I mm-hmm. think she said something like um, it's increased to upwards of like $700 million or something. Yeah. But it was actually like 60 million or something. So she, she's, misquoted. So, she, so she misquoted and she was in like people just like latched on and attacked her for of it. Of course. And she was like okay, yeah, it was fucking wrong. Like, I didn't do, like, I didn't say the right thing. I know that. Like, yeah. but, like, the double standard here for fact-checking and stuff yeah. is the most ridiculous shit I've ever experienced in my life. Absolutely. Like, being in the political eye and having people, like, jump on her when, like, mm-hmm. she says something wrong to the point where, like, but men, like, if a man says yeah. something, like, they're not likely to be held to the same fucking standards. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another thing, too. So people always try to come after her, too, for her, like, upbringing because mm. they're like, oh, she's from the Bronx. Like, she's so <laughs> poor. And, like, just because 
like you, part, you mean she can identify with the majority of americans she is what? well exactly well <laughs> exactly that that's she said crazy and that's something that i want to just quote from her really quick before yeah, i tell you this other story um so she said our campaign was focused on Okay, so she said our campaign was focused on just a laser-focused message of economic, social, and racial dignity for working-class Americans, especially those in Queens and in the Bronx. Here's what's crazy. She used the word dignity, not justice. Right. Dignity, which in my mind, like, even comes, like, before justice. Right. Like, just being treated with basic fucking respect. Yes. Dignity. Yes. Like, that was her campaign. And the fact that she even had to have that as her campaign is kind of sad it's really it's, fucking sad it's really fucking sad i mean yeah she's just fucking incredible well and back to like the talking about the perfectionism i mean that's something that we as women face all the time and i think it's one of the things that has us constantly stressed out and just going to say it fucking oppressed yeah because we're constantly told that the only thing that is acceptable is perfection and anything less will not be accepted yeah and she fights against that. And that is debilitating. Yeah. That's a debilitating message. And so there's so many things that women think, well, I could do this, but it won't be perfect. Or I could start this, but it wouldn't be perfect. Right. And you and I did this. Like, we're literally recording this podcast on our phone because, yes, there was a there was a quote unquote perfect way to do this. We could have gotten the sound equipment. We yeah. could have, you know, built up this studio or, you know, whatever. And we didn't. We were like, we don't want to stop. We don't want to pause this. World needs it. So we're going to start and we'll build on it as we go. Right. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. So if there's something that's in you that needs to come out, just start. Who gives a fuck if it's perfect? Right. You, number one, perfect's impossible. So you're never going to do it. So it's a beautiful way to keep you oppressed. Yes. And but the world needs it. The world needs your gift. The world needs what you have to offer. I need it. Send it to me. Email me at shaktishakeup at gmail.com. Hey, Shane, this is what I want to do. Should I do it? I will tell you yes, but please <laughs> tell me yes. whatever you want to do because it's fucking amazing just because you're the one doing it. So you owe it to yourself. You owe it to the world to give us your light and give us your gift. Fuck yes. Fuck I perfection. Actually, so there was this situation where this journalist tweeted a picture of uh, so she tweeted. So this journalist tweeted a picture of our girl AOC hmm. from behind, saying, "I'll tell you something. That jacket and coat don't look like a girl who struggles." Oh my god! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Jesus Christ! So she tweeted, "If I walked into Congress wearing a sack, they would laugh and take a picture of my backside. If I walk in, in if I walk in with." My best sale rack clothes, they laugh and take a picture of my backside. Yeah. Dark hates light. That's why you tune it out. Shine bright and keep it pushing. Fuck yes. Oh, I love her. I know. Love her. And I want to be her friend. <laughs> yeah, she has my vote for sure. She's fucking incredible. She's really incredible. And it's it would be amazing to have somebody in there that actually understands what it's like for women and what it's like for People that don't make 500000 at least a year. Right. And that's, you know, the majority of Americans. Right. So that would be phenomenal. Yeah. So that's her. She's incredible. And I love her. I love her, too. <laughs> I'm really glad you did her. I'm really glad we got to talk about her. Yeah. I'm glad that I got to learn more about her because I definitely was, like, super intrigued. And I want to be best friends. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. And I remember a thing that the reason that I covered Yamaya well, not the reason, but I think another reason that she came to me pretty strongly is because the Little Mermaid debate. 
Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that you thought about that. Yeah, because everybody is all, well, not everybody. For people who haven't heard about the Little Mermaid debate, let's yeah. tell them what the, what happened so, in America. <laughs> a select few group of white people are really upset because Disney cast a African-American actress in the role of the Little Mermaid. Yeah. But because, you know, as we've seen in Disney, which is always accurate and gets everything right all the time throughout history and hasn't had a history of being racist at all. Sarcasm is so heavy. <laughs> Disney was the yeah. most anti-Semitic Nazi fucker. Racist. Like, just oh my blatant God. racism. Uh, yeah, so prime used to be The Little Mermaid was white. That's how it was in the original cartoon, along with, like, every other cartoon that Disney did, except for, what, like, the princess, the frog princess, or the princess he, the frog That was frog long after he fucking died. Oh, and yeah. that was And that was, like, well, 2004 so was Mermaid, or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but still. Anyway. It took them, like, a million years to... So Little Mermaid was white in the cartoon, and then they cast a black actress in the new one, and everybody, not everybody, not everybody, a group of people got really irate about it because they're just not okay to see skin that isn't their own. But what they don't understand is that this goddess, Yamaya, was literally the original mermaid, pretty much. (laughs) This African, beautiful African goddess was the original mermaid. So, shove Fuck it up your all ass. all of you. <laughs> exactly. Shove it up your ass. Shove <laughs> it up your ass, you racist sons of bitches. Yeah, not even going to apologize about that one. No, fuck that. I mean, I love you. I want you to be fulfilled and happy, but I also would love it if you your happiness and fulfillment came off of not being judgmental and prejudiced against others. <laughs> right. I would love you a lot more if that was the case. <laughs> That's a conditional statement. <laughs> and I don't even fucking care. <laughs> it is a conditional statement. All right. So are we going to talk about our self-care? Yes. Mental mental self-care? Yes. How do you want to start this? Well, I think that it's like really apropos that we pick this topic to go this with this week because I literally like just dove back into my mental self-care mm. like last week. Mm-hmm. And really took some inventory and realized like how much I really needed to like slow the fuck down and like focus on my mental health. Yeah. Because I think that's something that like it's something that you have to like if you are familiar with that practice of mental mental health and self-care and that means and like seeing a therapist or taking like um, mental health meds or whatever that might be mm-hmm. like Sometimes you think, okay, I'm good. I've uncovered all of this and now I'm fine. Yeah. And then, like, you don't realize how often you have to go back in. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I haven't gone back in in a really long time, like, since before I got married, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so all of this stuff has been bubbling up. And, like, what I didn't even realize, kind of, how bad it was. Like, my anxiety yeah. was, like, feeding all of these other issues. Mm-hmm. And so finally, like, I went, I had a doctor's appointment Friday, and I was just like, I just need help. Yeah. And, like, I need something to get me through that's, like, going to just help me move forward where mm-hmm. I am right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe that doesn't mean that, like, I'm going to be on this forever, but yeah. I'm going to because this is, like, what I truly believe is the best for me right now. Mm-hmm. So I went on Prozac. Good for you, babe. And I like it. Good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> Gives me some freaky-ass dreams. That's 
can be awesome or not, depending on the dream. But I think it'll be worth it to not have, like, fucking anxiety attacks anymore. Absolutely. And something that I wanted to say, too, that my doctor told me that... Oh, go ahead. Well, so... I was like, so this is something also that I think a lot of people can resonate with because they, because it's like, I know all the right things to do. Generally, like we always know, like if we're, if we're yogis, if we meditate, if we go to the spiritual gym, as we said earlier, mm-hmm. spiritual boot camp kind of thing, we generally know what to do. We know yeah. to take time for ourselves, to meditate, to take lavender salt baths we or whatever. We what to do on paper. Yes. So yeah, on paper, we know what is what's, best for us. Yeah, what's going to what, help in that moment. What's and what's the most not. beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. So I said that to my doctor. I was like, what's, I was like, I feel so fucking frustrated because like I know all the right things to do. I have this whole yogi toolbox of yep. shit that yep. I can dip into at any time. Yep. I know what to do. And she was like, she looked at me in my eyes and she's like the most beautiful human being I've ever met probably. <laughs> and she's just like, she's like, it just doesn't matter. Sometimes it just doesn't matter. You can know all the right things to do mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. Like we just need that extra help sometimes. Absolutely. And then she's like, I'll see you again in four weeks and we'll talk and see how you feel. And I'm Sweet. like, awesome. Yeah. So that was my little story. It was about just like, I think that it went along with everything that we're talking about kind of today a little bit. Yeah. But I just had to tell you that little anecdote. I think that's a great introduction to mental self-care. And I guess we should talk a little bit about what self-care is. Because it's right now, it's a buzzword. It's everywhere. Self care, take care of yourself. And what does that actually mean, though? So when I think of self care, what it means to me is self care is a personal action that you take to take care of yourself yes. in any given moment. And I like that, that can range from, you know, like we said earlier, you know, maybe you just had a, maybe you just had a bad day and you just need a bath to unwind. Uh, or, you know, it can get a lot harder than that. I personally have been navigating the waters of self-care for months now. So Mm -hmm. I went through some major, major, major life changes when I got back from India. New house, new city, new jobs, new relationships, huge changes and anytime you're going through even one of those things is really stressful and you need to take care of yourself but going through a lot of them has really kind of forced me to just take stock of what works for me Mm -hmm. to take care of myself and what doesn't and so I wanted to use this episode as I'm sure you do to really discuss all levels of self-care because and this isn't going to be the episode that we're going to tell you to go take a bath like no this is (laughs) We're definitely going to dive a little deeper into it than that. And um, so I've, I've compiled a kind of list of things that for mental, from the mind, has helped me. And the mind, and I'd say like kind of like just holistically as a person, mm-hmm. what has worked for me. Awesome. And then I want to hear more about like what's worked for you. Yeah. Um, one of my starting points that I've realized through this whole process is taking inventory yep. and stock of where you are. Because when you're in the middle of crisis, sometimes self-care is literally just getting out of bed and mm-hmm. completing your responsibilities that day. Right. Like basics, you have to drink water. Mm-hmm. You have to eat food. Yep. You need to give yourself adequate time to sleep. Maybe you can't sleep because of anxiety, but you at least give yourself 
a time period in which you plan to try to sleep Mm -hmm. and taking care of just your basic human needs is a big deal. Yeah. And if you can do that, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. And you should be proud of yourself for just even being able to do those things. Mm -hmm. Because some days it's, yeah, when, like you said, when you're in the middle of crisis, like celebrate those small things that you can do for yourself. Yeah. And find somebody in your life who will celebrate those things with you. Because I think another key aspect for me in this whole thing has been reaching out to others. I am a solitary person. I've gone it alone through a lot of hard things in my life. And I've, I'm realizing now that it's easier to go through it with somebody to just pat you on the back. You right. know, and just be like, no, you're good. Like, not somebody who's going to fix it for you or anything like that, but just somebody that you can talk to who's going to have your back mm-hmm. and, you know, just let you kind of vent and get out what you need to get out. Yeah. Sometimes just hearing yourself talk helps you work through the thing that you're trying to work through. Yes. Yeah. But, I, think, I think having that support system is really crucial. Yeah. For sure. And then in the same vein, you have to cut out people who aren't for you yeah which is really hard building those kind of boundaries and stuff that's a really big element of self-care that is so difficult for women because we feel so guilty all the time and we feel like we don't want to hurt other people Mm -hmm. but taking stock of are you hurting yourself by keeping this person here because ultimately you're the most important person yes in your life you're the only person in your life there's even like just small things Or, like, this isn't even that big of a thing, I guess, really. But I've, like, gotten to that point of cutting out people that it's, like, like, this is, so this is so menial, kind of. But, like, so there, so I went out for drinks with a friend from high school last night. And Mm -hmm. we had a great time catching up. And Mm -hmm. she, like, showed me her phone. And she was, like, oh, my God, this guy liked every single thing. Mm. We went, like, we went to high school with him. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, he just went through and liked, like, 40 of my pictures. Yeah. And I was, like. I know him. He's a fucking creep. Like, we yeah. both we both know that he's a fucking creep. Yeah. Like, we both have had experiences where he, like, was very, very, like... Inappropriate. Inappropriate, creepy, just not a good... He's he's one of those people that, like, gets away with being so good looking. Oh, yeah. And gets away with a lot of shit because like, he's, American like... American psycho thing going. Yeah. And it's, like... And I'm, like, okay, block him... Get rid of him, unfriend mm-hmm. him, like, mm-hmm. and then I did the same thing on my phone because he went through and actually liked a whole bunch of my shit too. Ugh, and I'm gross. just like, dude, like, you are not not a here part of our it. lives anymore. Yeah, like, we graduated from high school like yeah. fucking twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck off. So it's yeah. like, even though that was a small thing of being like, fuck you, I'm blocking you to the point. Yeah. Like, even if you're just looking at my shit. Yeah, like. It might be small, but, like, the like a year ago or a few years ago, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even done that because it was, like, oh, whatever, it's attention from somebody or something. But it's, I like, would have been, he's a creep, he's fucking awful, I don't even want his energy looking at my yeah, photos. Yeah, and I can say for myself, a few, shit, six months ago, if, that, if I were in that position, I would have been afraid that I would hurt his feelings right. by blocking him. Right. I had that same situation with an ex-boyfriend, too. I was like, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. I'm yeah. like, no, he's a fucking creep, too. Yeah. But that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because you're being, the more this person is in your life, or, you know, because if this is happening and you're feeling uncomfortable, they're hurting you in some way. Right. And so you're allowing them to continue to hurt you. Yeah. Because of their feelings that you don't even really care about. 
because you don't actually want anything to do with them. Breaking it down like that and making it so fucking clear like you just did is so fucking obvious and profound and we should all be looking at it that way and we never do. Yeah. Because we're too wrapped up in like not hurting people yeah I to mean, protect ourselves like absolutely and it's it. something that's been ingrained in us forever yeah but and that's you know that's an instance with like a kind of like a distant stranger but there's instances too where there could be somebody in your life who is a lot closer family family could be a parent even yeah that really just you cannot handle having them in your life Mm-hmm. Or you can't handle having them in your life in the capacity in which they're in your life. And so this is where setting boundaries comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I think boundaries are a huge part of mental self-care mm-hmm. because it allows you to create the arena in which people are allowed to interact with you. Yes. And that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. It does not come easily. And honestly, I personally, like if you're a victim of trauma like I am or a survivor of trauma, you're probably going to need to go to some sort of counseling or some sort of mentoring or something to teach you how to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because especially if you're a child of abuse, your boundaries are, are taken away. Yeah. And you never really learn what boundaries even are because you don't have autonomy over your body mm-hmm. or your mind. And so just the concept of that there might that you might have an option to say no, you might have an option to set a clear defense mm-hmm. in some way doesn't even occur to you. Right. But you do have that option and you have a right to tap into it. Mm-hmm. And it's in your best interest to figure out how to do that so that you can live your best life. Yes. Yeah. You're on fire today. I feel on fire. Yeah. It's that Yamaya. It is that Yamaya. Yamaya is moving through she you. She is. <laughs> she is. Yeah, dude. And um, there was another thing that really speaks to what you were talking about earlier, how you were, like, just feeling like, burned out and you were going and going and going and going. And I think you and I both do the same thing. Like, the more stressed out we get, the more we add to our plates. Yeah, which sounds counterintuitive and insane, but it makes you feel better in the moment. In the moment. <laughs> And what I think that is, is like this striving for control, you know, oh, yeah. like, it's like, I just need control over this thing. And then, okay, well, I'll start this thing and I'll have control over that. And then I'll have control over that. And yeah. then, and, but like, you're completely out of control. Yeah. With all of this striving for stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my other notes that I had was like, don't, if you're in crisis, don't add to it. Sometimes <laughs> literally the best thing that you can do is say no and go take a fucking nap. Yes. Like, just lay the fuck down. Yeah. And there were days, you know, when I came and I first started my transition into this new life, that's what I did. Like, I woke up and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of shit I need to get done today. I don't have energy for any of it. So <laughs> I'm going to honor myself and I'm going to lay in my bed for hours. Yes. Because that's literally the only thing I can do right now. But that was what I needed in that moment. Yeah. I needed to just rest. Yeah. And as women, we're constantly going, constantly, constantly, constantly. And it's for mothers and for working mothers especially, mm-hmm. like, there, there isn't rest. I mean, there's not nearly enough rest for working mothers. Well, and something that Heather said that – and our friend Heather is amazing and we're going to have her on the show like we talked about before with for a witch yoga episode at some point. But she, she said women think – like, we think that we're ever expanding. Yeah. 
Like yeah. that we can literally just do, do it all and do it all well for mm-hmm. some reason. And it's like, no, we can't because yeah, we're yeah. not fucking superheroes. Like yeah. we're just people. Well, and here's the thing too. Even if we can do it all, we don't have to. No. That's why I ended up just like saying, I'm not going to run the marathon this year. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to hustle my ass off as hard as I can because I need to like really protect my mental health right now. Absolutely. Like there are places in your life that can give. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're a failure Mm -mm. if they do. It doesn't mean that you haven't completed your goals. These things that you want to do will be there for you to do. If you have the idea, you can see it through at some point. Absolutely. But also consider the energy that you're using for these tasks. Mm -hmm. And if you're depleted all the time and stressed out all the time, but the task that you want to complete is something that you're really passionate about. Right. You don't want to attach this stressed out, anxiety, ragey energy to this thing that brings you nourishment and fulfillment. So, you know, figure out how to navigate that so you can get yourself to a better state and then complete it. Yeah. I'm just, like, wildly impressed with you right now, and I think that you could easily, like, write a book based off of everything that you're saying right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm like, yeah. 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 I go to the Church of Shane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really have been thinking about a lot of this stuff um, for a long time, you know, like, a long, like, yeah, for months I've been thinking about this and self-care and what it really looks like. And the things that I keep coming back to, one thing that has really stuck with me is you, you like, you have to figure out where your head's at. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of us, especially if you're into manifesting and things like that, like, I haven't actually done any manifesting mm-hmm. in the past few months, like, active manifesting, meaning, like, using the law of attraction to yeah. do any of that stuff because I'm not in a place where I'm even able to. Right. To dedicate, like, my manifesting right now is, like, I need a job, so I'm going to manifest <laughs> right. a job. Not even the perfect job, just a fucking job, you know? Like, right. I need stability. Yeah. I'm going to work on that, mm-hmm. getting those basics in order. Like, I've got big fucking dreams and goals and visions for myself. But right now, when, like, I'm still sifting through the wreckage, yeah, not the time to go through it. Like, not the time to pursue those. Like, those dreams are always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm clearing the ground Mm -hmm. so that I can start building. Yes. But you can't start building anything on an unsolid foundation. Right. you got to get that degree out of the way and you got to figure out where your head is in any given moment. And that's how you gauge what you need. Well, and so to figure this out, to figure out where your head is, Mm -hmm. you and I talked a little bit before too about like how we do that and doing that through journaling and writing and putting like pen to paper Mm -hmm. and just like free-flowing thoughts Mm -hmm. seeing how you feel checking in tuning in yeah and um i think that what did you say what did you say about journaling the other day Um, like it's it's a really profound form of self-care but i can't remember what you said exactly journaling is absolutely like my go-to form of self-care i do it nearly every day i know a lot of people a lot of people I've talked to have seemed intimidated by journaling for some reason. And I think it's because they think that they, ha- like, it's not, you're not writing an essay. No one's no. writing it. No one's going to read it. It's yours. 
I do pure stream of consciousness yeah, I journaling. Too. Me too. And I will say literally half of my entries start with, uh, literally like U-G-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H. Yeah. Because it's just, that's how I need to start. And it's just, it's just my emotions that just come out. Sometimes I document what happened during my days. But like, honestly, I have two full journals from India. Mm-hmm. Almost nothing about India is in those journals, which I'm kind of <laughs> mad at myself for now. <laughs> it's just like it's just like thoughts and feelings. It's just thoughts and feelings. Just so Fucking many thoughts, thoughts and, and feelings. feelings. <laughs> Literally filled two journals within 40 days of thoughts and feelings. Because <laughs> that's how many I have that I just need to get out. Oh my god! But yeah, like, and you know, I found some of my most profound epiphanies have come through journaling. And sometimes you got to get through the first page. You just keep writing and writing and writing, and then, like, your aha moment comes to you. Yes. And that's where, like, the real magic happens. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love journaling. Also, if you uh, don't – if, like, for you're one of those people that doesn't feel comfortable with, like, the stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. if you go online and literally just Google, like, journal prompts – Oh, there are so many. There's Yeah, there's a ton, and it can – they can, you know, be anywhere from, like, tell a story to, like – journal your dream or yeah, like whatever. Yeah, what do I need in this moment? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's a ton out mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. Note to self, we're going to create a journal with journal prompts. Yes, we are. Yeah. I love that idea. Yes. So, I like that. Uh, I think another – well, are you – you're, like, on such a roll. I was just thinking of another. No, go ahead. So, something else I think that we, as women, have a really hard time with is – that stood out to me when I was doing this research about like, okay, well, what does it mean to have positive, like self-care for the mind? Mm -hmm. And the big, a big thing for me is to just speak really lovingly to yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 Speak kindly. And something that you said to me years ago that like has stuck with me forever. Mm. That is um, from a, I think it's like a Buddhist um, mentality and it's Mm -hmm. to treat yourself like you would your own child. Yeah. And yeah. so when you say something to yourself, even in like, you know, in your mind, that's really fucking shitty and awful mm-hmm. or like even I hear women all the time say like, well, that was stupid or I was so mm-hmm. stupid or why was I being so stupid or I'm yeah. so fat or I'm so whatever. I'm, I'm fill so, in the blank. Yeah. Fill in negative adjective here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, would you really say that to your child? Mm-hmm. And the answer is probably no. Yeah. So be more loving. And like what I tell my yoga students to like be gentle with yourself. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's one of my goals this past, like, couple weeks that I've started my whole new mental health mm-hmm. kick that I'm trying and everything that I'm practicing is to just be really gentle with myself because, yeah. like, I have a lot of fucking trauma inside of me and a lot of shit that has happened to me in the last couple of years that, yep. like, like I, I have to be gentle with myself. So Absolutely. making So making these decisions that are going to nourish myself <clears throat> and... Mm-hmm be mindful and the only way that I can really stay accountable and to stay true to me is going back to journaling journaling if I if I'm not writing down like hey and then going back and actually reading it too and saying like oh what did I write yesterday or the day before or something and just like because sometimes you have a different idea of like like well that actually doesn't seem very healthy (laughs) yeah yeah that's true. I'm I'm like a one and done. I write it and then I don't go back to it until years later. And then I'm I like, never oh, do. honey. Yeah, I never do either generally. Yeah. But like I'm trying a new thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good idea. So. I, I like that idea. When I like th- talking about being gentle with yourself and also positive self-talk because 
one of the one of the ways that we we love to get trapped is we're like, okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna talk really nice to myself today. God, I'm so stupid. Oh, I shouldn't have fucking done that. Oh my god, I'm already failing. Right. And <laughs> you're you know, in this like fucking cycle. Yeah, and, and then like, you yeah, you spiral. Calm down. You spiral. Take but a the chill thing pill. is, it's like not even that. It's just the gentleness comes in monitoring your thoughts, monitoring where you mess up, because you will, because we all do, and then letting that be okay. Yeah, it's just saying that's okay. Yeah. Like I'll try. Yeah, you know. There's next time. That's why it's a practice. It is a practice. It's absolutely just Yeah, just being mindful of those moments and letting yourself mess up, letting yourself make mistakes. We are not here for perfection. No. At all. We're never going to be perfect. Like it's not it's just not going to happen. And I'll say this too. The world and the messages that we receive does a pretty damn good job itself telling us that we're stupid and we're worthless and we're ugly and we're not we're enough. Fat and we're not, we're not enough. enough. We don't have to add to that in our minds. Right. And it's a pretty rebellious act not to. Yeah. To like stand up and just be like, I'm enough. And that was one of the biggest life changing mantras for me was just simply who I am is enough. Mm hmm. And if you can look in the mirror and say who I am is enough for the first time in your life and not cry as a woman, I just want to give you a hug and just be like <laughs> fucking kudos because I don't know a single woman who can do that. Yeah. It is hard because we're taught forever that we're not enough. Mm -hmm. In some capacity or another. In some capacity. We're not good enough. Mm -hmm. But who you are is enough. And if you do the best you can... That's great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, recognizing, too, with this gentleness, the best you can today might not be the best you the same as the best you can tomorrow. If you're sick, the best you can isn't going to be the same as if you're healthy. I love one of my friends. She's very like the friend that I had drinks with last night. Actually, she's like <laughs> she has a cup that's just like world's most okayest mom or something. <laughs> and like on her Instagram, she's like mediocre mom. And she's just like owning it. Mm -hmm. She's just like, you know what? I'm doing my fucking best. And yeah. like this is. Even though she's oh, like she is such a good mom, oh, absolutely. but she's just like I'm just a mediocre mom. Like to try yeah. to like I think she's trying to downplay like the mommy wars and like yeah. everybody's just trying to be perfect all the time. Yeah, and I'm like good, good yeah. for you, girl. Like yeah. I thought that was really I like that. I it's, know that there's yeah. probably something not good about it, but there's also something. No, like, I mean I, I like think it. it's definitely one of these things where she's eschewing this this demand for perfection. Yes, and she's like I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect. Yes, and. That's Fuck you. <laughs> a, yeah, like that's a good example. That's a really good example and just a way to live and to just kind of reclaim your power. Yeah. Just be like, this is how I want to live my life. This is how I want to mother. And I'm going to mother with a sense of humor. Yes. And that's good for me. And it's probably good for her kid too because she's taken some of the pressure off of herself to be per perfect all the time. Yes. Which is nice. Hear that, girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She listens to us, so she's going to be so happy that we talked about her. Love you. <laughs> so... A couple other notes that I had for this self-care. <clears throat> Sit in the shit. Oh, yes. Yes. This is the darker side of self-care. So this kind of goes into meditation. You can use meditation for this. But sometimes the only thing that you can do is hunker down and wait until the storm passes. You know what I like to do? Hmm. Scream cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah. like, generally it's in my car. With, mm -hmm. like, the windows rolled up and the AC on and, like, music really loud or something. Yeah. 
and I just literally like scream my head off and yeah. cry my eyes out. Yeah. And that is fucking cathartic. I remember uh, when I first landed in Columbus, you know, like I call I call my transition after India like a crash landing. But when I first landed in Columbus, no one was home. It was a just metaphoric me. crash landing. Metaphoric crash landing. Yes. <laughs> it was just me and I was in my room and nothing was unpacked yet and nobody was home. And I sobbed on the floor. I wailed and sobbed on the floor. And I was so angry. I was angry and I was sad. It nothing felt fair or right or okay. And I think sometimes, you know, when you start that process of just like this scream sobbing and wailing and just raging, mm-hmm. I get so afraid that it won't end. You know, you just yeah. think there's so much in here. There's no way. There's no way it's going to end. Yeah. I'll yeah. just rage forever. If I start, I won't be able to stop. I promise I won't be able to stop. Yeah. But you reach that point. You reach a point where the tears stop and your breath becomes calm again. Mm-hmm. And you can pick yourself up off the ground. Yeah. And sometimes that's the most powerful thing you can do is when you literally pick yourself up off the ground. Yep. And I, you know, they've, they've done a lot of studies that sh- even show like stress hormones are released through tears. Mm. And crying is very much a release that your body needs. So you either need to exercise or cry or dance or do something when you're feeling really stressed out because your body physically just ab- just literally physically needs to release that stress in some way. I think we're also just on a very basic level taught to not cry. Like, yeah, do, it's like from a baby though, like it's or from childhood, it's mm-hmm. like don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Yeah. Especially for men. Well, and that's stuff, the masculine like, aspect of the world. Like yeah. the feminine aspect is like cry, let it out, flow. Yeah. Let it flow. But we're taught so much that like by the patriarchy, by masculinity, mm-hmm. that crying is weakness, which and I won't say masculinity, because I'm say I'll say toxic masculinity yeah. teaches us not to cry. Yeah. But part of embracing the feminine again and letting her work in your world and in your life is to just let yourself cry. Yeah. And I love crying. And I've said that to people before who like aren't tapped into like my like yoginess and just my whatever we are. Yeah. (laughs) Our our goo, our woo. Yeah. Our (laughs) woo-ness. Yeah. And I'm like, I fucking love crying because I feel so much. It's like throwing up almost it's like i feel better yeah i feel so much better after i cry mm-hmm. and for somebody to be like don't cry it's like oh no like i am yeah always going to happily fucking cry yeah i mean pick your safe places you know yeah like i hate crying at work but it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen but like yeah. i'll go into the bathroom or something where i feel safe so a, a huge thing about self-care and doing these things is be mindful about your self-care in all ways so don't create worse situations for yourself in the future mm-hmm. by trying to get self-care in the moment, you know, quote unquote self-care. So one of the things I think about, I hear people say like, oh, I'm not going to go to that function because I don't feel like it because I just need like a day to myself. But it might be like grandma's 95th birthday and you're going to piss off all of your family if you don't go to this function because <laughs> you just need a day, quote unquote. Like that is going to hurt you in the future. 
Mm, yeah. So be mindful of that. Unless you're creating boundaries with your family and they're all awful and grandma who's turning 95 is a shit. That too. <laughs> that too. But one of the things that no, we but talked I t- about I totally see what you're saying, when I was though. in like my eating disorder therapy was, yes, this function might be really difficult for you to get through. Do self-care afterwards. So have a self-care plan. Oh, I love that. For when you're done. Yes. What are you going to do afterwards to take care to, like, of yourself? Unwind to unwind, to process, whatever you need to do. Oh, dude. That's fucking powerful. Yeah. So just creating a plan. So, yeah, you still got to go to the events. You Because st- like I've said before, and I will always stand by this and say this, <laughs> if we're all individualistic to the point that we just don't go to shit because we don't feel like it, right. society won't thrive. We literally <laughs> won't have society anymore. Right. So, like, sometimes you have to do shit you don't want to do that's literally just part of being, like, a human. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really big about that. I just wanted to go back to the whole, like, sitting in the shit a little bit longer. Because I think sometimes we want to escape our circumstances so bad. And we want to escape our situation so bad. And so we, you know, like we are talking about, we're reaching out, we're trying to do things. Or we're trying to take things on. Or we're trying to do everything else. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the best thing that you can do for yourself is to just sit mm-hmm. with those emotions. Sit with the hard stuff. Yes. Because I think of it like a dam, like, a, you know, like a river, like mm-hmm. a dam. So we're, you're flowing and then this event happens or something happens and it starts to dam up the river. Well, what you're doing by like doing all this other shit is you're just adding more logs to the dam. Mm-hmm. You're not helping yourself. You're just stopping yourself. You're blocking yourself up further and mm-hmm. further and further. And then you're just going to explode. I think of it, yeah, I think of it as, like, for my, in my own personal experience with sitting in the shit is, like, um, how people deal with grief is people deal very differently and everything, yeah. and grief looks very different for many people, but I literally was, like, I'm so, like, if I hadn't sat with my grief and mm-hmm. sat in the shit and mm-hmm. sat in the, in the heart-wrenching trauma, yeah, like, I would have never experienced the level of light mm-hmm. that I experience now. Yeah. Like the brightness and the, uh, like, I don't know if there's probably a better word than like aliveness. No, I mean. But it, like, I've never felt more alive. Like the illumination. Than, than I have when I'm sitting with my grief. Yeah. Like, that's something that's so fucking insane too, that like, we have to have these experiences of sitting in the shit mm-hmm. in the dark mm-hmm. from unlike for me. And so this might be different for other people, of course, too, but I have literally never felt so fucking alive and in tune with yeah. like being human. Yeah. Then grieving. Well, yeah. And thank you for sharing that. I think for me, so your thing is grief and my thing is trauma. Yeah. And I know, I feel like grief is trauma. I, it is in its yeah. own way. For, it, it, but it is it is still different though. For survivors yeah. of trauma, the idea of sitting with it is terrifying because a lot of times what we're hearing is sit with the memory of it. Yeah. And that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't have to relive it. It's sitting with the emotions. Yeah. So you don't have to relive it. You don't have to go through it again. You don't have to forgive it. You don't have to do any of that. It literally is just sitting with the emotions in your body 
recognizing what those emotions are, Mm -hmm. seeing them, honoring them, letting them go. So I'm talking about that dam. When you're you're building up all these logs to to not deal with things, Mm -hmm. you're just pushing back and pushing back and pushing back. But then if you, one by one, take one of those logs away, label an emotion, put it on the shore. What you just said, labeling the emotion, I think assigning language to what you're feeling yeah helps process it so much better Absolutely. i think that's something that Brene brown talks about too and that's something that like tara reed does also she's a buddhist um, psychologist yes but yeah so label the emotion you know and even if you want to do that as a visual exercise you got your dam pick up a log label the emotion that you're feeling put it on the shore until eventually your river flows again mm-hmm. and it will but you know i with all the shit that's gone on for me like Sometimes you don't have a choice. Like, you just have to sit with it. Yeah. Nothing's changing immediately. Mm-hmm. It just fucking sucks. Sometimes everything just fucking sucks right now. Yeah. And if you can just recognize that and allow yourself to to just feel like, hey, this sucks. And I'm just, I'm not happy with the way things are. Yeah. I can't do anything about it right now. Doesn't mean it's going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. But, okay. And, yeah. And just be in that space. Then it takes some. It takes some of the fear away because yeah. you've acknowledged it. Yes. Yeah. It takes that fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. It yeah. gives you a little bit more control. It does give you a little bit more control, but it gives you realistic control. Yeah. Not rather the than like. Obsessive. I'm going to train for a marathon now, yeah, and not, I'm going to schedule out my entire week. Yeah. And month. Yeah. And year. Yeah. <laughs> also, going to lose 50 pounds in three months. <laughs> totally going to do it. Totally going to do it. I could do it. I could yeah, do it all. Think, I'm superwoman. I think we've all been there. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my final, my final note is to be unapologetic about giving yourself what you need. Mm. Yeah. So we throw around the word selfish like it's a bad word. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a bad word at all. I think it's a really, really, really good word. Yeah. And I think a lot of people could stand to be a lot more selfish. Yep. A lot of women. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're constantly giving of ourselves until we have nothing left. Mm-hmm. So. Like the fucking giving tree. Yeah. If you need a mental health day, take it. If you need to skip that event, do it. We talked about that earlier. If you need to tell somebody no, like really practice saying no. Oh, I love practicing saying no. And you can do it in subtle ways with, like, complete strangers. So, like, at the gas station, if they're like, you want a receipt? No. (laughs) You know? Just find little ways that you can practice saying no because that will help you build up to making those bigger boundaries. Yeah. Or having, like, that person that you, like, you and I are very comfortable, I think, with saying no to each other. Yeah. And, um, but, like, having that good relationship with a friend or with your partner or somebody who, like you have that understanding between Mm -hmm. each other that like, hey, sometimes like I'm going to say no. Yeah. And I might not even have an explanation. I just need to say no right now. (laughs) Yeah. Here's another thing that just came to me that I think is really important, kind of goes along the lines of saying no. So one of the things that we do, like, you know, women who are like fixers, Mm -hmm. I have to fix you. I have to help you. I have to, you know, whatever. When you're dealing with adults, other adults, Mm -hmm. They can figure their own shit out. Yes. Like, if you're not there to solve their problem... They'll be fine. 
they're going to find somebody else to help them solve their problem. Right. They can figure it out. Yeah. You're not the only saving grace or whatever. Like, so don't put that responsibility or that burden on yourself. Yeah. You don't need to. It's not necessary. Also, they probably need a few more people to tell them to go figure out how to solve their own fucking problems. Right. Because if they're adults and they don't know how, like, I mean, it's one thing if your friend is just coming to you and they just want advice for, you know, a situation at work. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Help them out. But when you know I'm talking about that person who just repeatedly comes to you to save their life all the time. Yeah, and then enough is enough. That's not your job. No. And if you're in crisis yourself, you definitely can't do it. So I had a friend of mine when all this shit was going down when I moved back to Columbus. And, you know, bless her heart, she was wanting to be there for me. She was wanting to support me. But she's going through hell herself. I mean, mm-hmm. she's she's going through just crazy amounts of, like, trauma and family issues and everything else. And so I actually had to tell her, you're not in a place where you can help me right now. Right. Like, I appreciate that you want to, but you're not in a place that you're able to. Yeah. So don't try. No. And if you recognize that in yourself, that you're not in a place where you can help anyone else because you need all the help, take all the help and don't give any of it back because there's going to be a time in your future where you're going to help people. Yeah. And you're going to be in a good place to do so because you're not fucking crazy pants. Right. But, like, when you're in the middle of the shit, that's not the time for you to take on a whole bunch of other people's burdens. You yeah. need to let them figure out how to handle their shit. Yeah. Yes! Yeah. That's what I got. I have one more thing. All right. Let's hear it. For your mind. Yeah. Create something. Mmm. I like that. So, tap into your creative side. And I know that I've said this before, but, like, people say, like, I'm not creative. Like, I don't mm-hmm. fucking believe you mm-hmm. because by human nature, I think that we are creators. Oh, yeah. So something that I did for myself also this week and like my newfound, like, I'm going to practice so much mental self-care. <laughs> I bought one of those adult coloring books oh, cool. and I bought a whole bunch of colored pencils. Mm-hmm. And as and I opened it, I like opened it up immediately and started coloring. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah. this is wonderful. Yeah. So, and, like, and I learned how to knit a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, you can learn how to knit if knitting's not your thing. If you like to cook, cook something. If you don't mm-hmm. like that, you, I know you do wor- wood burning. And, yep. like. You can write. Um, if you're not artistic, yeah, it, you can find other things to do in nature. Yeah. Like, go for a walk. Like, mm-hmm. um, you can, like pick wildflowers if it's an appropriate place to pick flowers permission yeah plant first yeah (laughs) (laughs) i would just say it yeah you can't just go picking plants you got to ask permission first listen to your intuition if it says yes pick it if not don't if there's a sign that says don't pick the flowers don't don't pick pick the the flowers flowers. (laughs) (laughs) but i guess my point is is like yeah you can find something to do that's like yeah creating something in some way or even even if it's you know not creating or, lear- or like learning something. Find find the thing that works for you that brings you mental peace and clarity. Mm-hmm. Whatever that might be. Maybe it's fishing. It could be fishing. It could be writing business plans. I mean, some people are really technically minded. Yeah. And so they you know like even or playing Sudoku. Yeah. Like or numbers, yeah, crosswords, just something that lets you kind of. You brought up the coloring books. I love to find like a good silly audiobook and color. 
So listen to the audiobook listen, and color. Yeah, color. listen to the audiobook and color. I love that. Yeah. I think I might do that. And to make it extra self-carry, you can find like an, a self-help, like uplifting positivity audiobook. Yeah. Like one of Brene Brown. Yeah. Brene Brown, Marianne Williamson. Yeah. Gabrielle Bernstein. Yes. Any of those to like, you know, just, Pema Chodron. Ooh, Pema Chodron would be a really oh good gosh. one to listen to. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. Yeah, she's phenomenal. She's my mama's favorite. My mom said that she read her books while she was pregnant with me, so that makes a lot of sense now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love me some Pema Chodron. Yeah, so this concludes our our episode for mental self-care, our first of the three-part series. Yes. Our next episode will be physical self-care. Yes. We'll talk about baths in that one. We will talk about baths in that I'm going to come up with some potions for your bath. Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. Ooh, a different Shakti shake. Yes. I like it. I'm for it. All right. Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening to Shakti Shake Up. If you enjoyed listening, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also catch us on SoundCloud, CastBox, Breaker, Spotify, and Anchor. And we will be uploading on more platforms very soon. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all by searching Shakti Shakeup. You can also send us an email at shaktishakeup at gmail.com or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash shaktishakeup. Becoming a patron will give you access to special Patreon-only content. And please make sure to go visit our website, shaktishakeup.com, where you can find drink recipes, blog episodes, and bios about your lovely hosts, Olivia and Shane. And now remember, you are a goddess.